Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here tonight on the Atheist Roundtable. I am your host. My name is Andrew Garber. And listen, I know it's been a long time since I've had a podcast. I know it's been a long time since I've been able to do a broadcast. But I'm back. Now, ready to go. And I have technical difficulties because you may have already noticed that there was no music playing. There was no intro. And I really like some of those clips from my intro. And I don't get to play them tonight because Raw Talk Radio has decided they don't want to reload my audio files. Thanks, Raw Talk. But anyway, I'm not going to let that shadow, that cloud of dampen my excitement to be back. I am so glad to be back. And thank thank you to everyone who's been pushing me to get back to podcasting. I appreciate so much all the encouragement that I've been able to receive, all the encouragement. This show, I think, is going to start airing live on Blog Talk Radio and live on Facebook. Okay, so you can go to the Facebook fan page for the Atheist Roundtable, and you can watch the live feeds, and you can see me while I do this. You will then know for a fact that this is this will continue to be a stream of consciousness show. I don't have any notes here. I don't have anything prepared. All I do is I get on to the same thing, and I start talking. That's the thing that I do. That's what I do here on the Atheist Roundtable, except if I can find me a guest. I can find a guest who wants to come on and we talk about a thing for maybe a half hour. That would be awesome. So, if you want to continue following the show, please go to Facebook. There's a friend request on Facebook. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable on Facebook. That is where the live streams are going to come from from here going forward. Fantastic. So, tonight, I want to talk about something that I've been thinking about for a long time, and it's this idea of agnostic atheists Gnostic, atheist, agnostic, theist, agnostic, theist. You, you guys are all real familiar with that four uh, thing, right? When you got the gnostic theist and the agnostic atheist, the gnostic theist, the agnostic theist, and it's trying to show that you don't have to be sure that no God exists in order to consider yourself to be an atheist. You don't have to know that no God exists in order to be an atheist. All you have to do is not believe that any God exists, and you are an atheist. Fantastic. And you don't have to know that God does exist in order to be a theist. You just have to believe that a God exists in order to be a theist in order to be a theist. There only be one at a time. So, I don't know if this four-corner thing would work out if we substituted out God for some other mythical creature. Right? How many people are agnostic a unicornic, for example? Right? How many people are agnostic a or whatever, right? That's just not a thing, right? It's not a thing at all. If you ask anybody, if 
unicorns exist or fairies or dragons exist. They say no, and it wouldn't be surprising or unheard of for them to say, and I know that fairies are imaginary. You wouldn't just, like, take a step back and be all aghast. Like, I see so many atheists do when I say that I'm a Gnostic atheist. No, God are imaginary. I don't get that kind of yeah, when I say that I I know that dragons are imaginary, as I get when I say that I know that God are imaginary. And I don't really know what that's about. I'm not really sure what the issue is here. Are dragons more or less imaginary than God? Are they? I mean, it seems to me like they all don't exist equally, right? That they are all equally non-existent. And if I am comfortable saying that one thing is non-existent and I have no evidence for its existence and no evidence for its non-existence all that kind of stuff, then I don't know why I wouldn't be as comfortable saying the same thing about God, right? Because there's no evidence for the existence of God, then there may not be any existence for dragon, right? And I can say that I know that there are no dragons, right? Then I'm just as reasonable saying that I know there are no dogs, right? That sounds reasonable to me. That's that's the way that I get there. And I just think that it's so weird that we have this one caveat for God, right? We have this one special place for God where we have to draw a line. Literally, there's a, there's a graph, there's a line between Gnostic atheism and agnostic atheism. It's, it's just weird to me. I think maybe, maybe, the, uh, when we listen to theists, when we atheists listen to theists, we'll hear them say that they believe that a God exists. And we'll make the, I don't know, is it a leap? Is it blaming that a God exists, right? That if they believe that a God is real, then they are also claiming that a God is real, and therefore, this is the important part, and therefore they are making some claim, and now they have, this is important, now they have a burden of proof, right? Really important for us atheists, I think, to put the burden of proof squarely on the theist. Because the theist is the person who's going to have to prove that God does exist with all kinds of apologetics that fail in all kinds of ways. That's another podcast. We're really, really, it's really important to us to make sure that that burden of proof does not fall on us. Right? It does, that it does not fall on the atheist. Right? Because we know that there's no way to prove a negative. Right? We know that there's no possible way that we can have evidence not exist. Okay? And so it's really important for us to make sure that that burden of proof doesn't land here. And if we're a Gnostic atheist, like I said at the beginning of this video that I am, doesn't that mean that we now have 
some burden of proof. Doesn't that mean now that I've accepted some burden of proof? Because, as an agnostic atheist, I am making the claim that gods do not exist. If I'm making that claim, then I must have some evidence for it. Are we really, we, are we atheists really so desperate to avoid that burden of proof that we need to draw this line in the sand between Gnostic atheists and agnostic atheists? Is it that important to us that we dodge this burden? It seems weird to me. It just seems weird. I don't know why we would accept this burden of proof for a god, and we would never accept this burden of proof for a dragon. Right? If you said, I know no dragons exist, how much evidence do you have to produce for that? What is the burden of proof for being a Gnostic age dragon bitch? That doesn't make sense. Does it make sense at all? Does it? I don't think so. Now, that's not to say that I don't think that there is no evidence for the existence of God. Uh, all you really have to do, I think, is start to define God. If you start to define the dang thing right out of existence, okay, I really think, I really think that uh, the, we tend to define atheism sometimes in terms of weak atheism or agnostic atheism and strong atheism or this Gnostic atheism that I'm proposing here. Well, someone has defined their God because not, when, when someone starts defining a God, the better they define it, the more I think they start defining it right out of existence, right out of reality. If you are going to talk about some nebulous out there higher power. You don't know what a higher power is. Like, higher than what? Power over what? What are you talking about? But if you just want to call God a higher power, whatever that means, there's not a whole lot that I've got because you haven't given me any. You haven't given me a real definition of a God, so I can't start disproving it. But if we get to that all-knowing, all-powerful, uh, all-good, perfect creator of the universe with a message for humanity, I really think that we can use reason and logic to, to, to uh, take that God right out of Ruth this, right out of a show that it doesn't, through things like, and I did a podcast on this a long time ago, you can find it, it's called Proof God Does Not Exist, between the... Uh, the stuff that's in that video. Not video, it's a podcast. I'm doing videos now. I wasn't doing videos then, so it's not a video. Never mind. Did I say something about stream of consciousness in this thing? Because it's fully a thing. Look, I'm just confused over this super important line that we seem to have drawn between Gnostic atheism and agnostic atheism. It's just strange to me. To me, this, it, it seems to come to a question of a confidence of a belief or a non-belief, right? This question of Gnosticism, yes? This, that if I'm super-duper confident that a God doesn't exist, then I could be a Gnostic. Or if I'm super-duper confident, or if I'm not super-duper confident that a God exi- doesn't exist, 
and I'm agnostic. That, that's, that's not what Gnosticism is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about your level of confidence within a belief. It's supposed to be about whether or not you know and how you know, right? There's, uh, uh, there's a word that describes how you know what you know, and it's not coming to me now. And this is sign language for bring me the knowledge to my head, and it's not working. So um, the, I don't think that Gnosticism or agnosticism is supposed to relate to the confidence level that you have in a belief. That's, that's not it. It's whether or not the question, the answer to the question is no way bold, right? That we can actually discover the answer to the question or if the question actually has an answer or and if it has an answer, can we know what that answer is, right? Some questions don't have answers, right? Some questions like uh, 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 other dimensions, right? Are there other dimensions? How is this? I don't even know if that question is answerable. I am agnostic towards other dimensions, right? But as far as does a God exist, it seems to me that that answer, the answer to the question, is there a God, is answerable. The question is answerable, and the answer is knowable. We can discover it. And the better that we can define the thing that we're trying to say exists or doesn't exist, I think better defines whether or not we have the answer we're looking for. Right? If you're looking for a rabbit and you haven't defined what in the world a rabbit right? how will you know if what you actually caught isn't a hair? Right? right? If you're looking for a dog, right, and you and you go out and you catch it. How will you know that your dog isn't really a wolf? Right? You've got to know what it is that you're looking for. And then you can answer the question, is this thing that I have here the thing I was looking for? And then, and, and I think that for God, that's just as answerable as dogs, wolves, and rabbits, and hares. I if they were real, right, if they actually existed, then it would be a simple matter of just finding the thing and saying, look, this thing has the characteristics of the thing that I'm looking for, and therefore this is my thing. It doesn't have the qualities that, you know, I don't see how it's more complicated. And that's one of the reasons why, as you define your God more definitively, hmm, the more I think, and that's why I am a Gnostic because I think the question to whether or not God exists is that we can know that. All you have to do is start to define God. And the better you do that, the better real we atheists ought to be able to show that that God doesn't exist. Do things like uh, the problem of evil, the problem of non-God objects, the problem of divine things, things like the uh, inconsistency of the of the uh, property of of omnipotence. Can, can God make a burrito so hot he can't eat it? And the uh, the, lot, the incompatibility of the uh, property of uh, 
omniscience. Does God know everything? Do I know something that God doesn't? If I do, he's not omniscient. I think I do know something. It's in the other video. Not, not, not the video. Still not a video. I look at my video when I say video. See, that's the thing. That's the thing that's going on here. What I need to do is get this out of the corner. Hey, you, go away. You silly video. Now I'm not looking at you. Oh, there's a person in the chat room. Oh, he wants to quote the Bible to me. Goodness gracious, the Bible. Well, you've got a lot of work to do in front of you, my friend. If you're going to quote the Bible to me, you're going to have to convince me why I would ever care what the Bible has to say. Why I would care what the Bible has to say beyond what I would care what things like Harry Potter would say. Or uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe would say. You're going to have to try to convince me that there's something in the Bible worth listening to. And I don't know how you're going to do that without trying to convince me that it was divinely inspired by God. And then I'm going to ask you some more description of what this God is supposed to be. You're not helping yourself, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> wow. Not supposed to laugh. Not it's Sorry. You guys can't see nobody can see this, not even the people who are watching the video. But uh uh more Bible books don't give credence to previous Bible books. Sorry, that's not how that works. You're going to have to give me a reason outside of the Bible, outside of some uh faith based claim in order to get convince me that the Bible is worth listening for some reason that I'm going to need to take the Bible seriously. And when we come down to a faith claim, that's going to get super, super hard. It, it, it's just it just it's really going super, super hard. You know, I was hoping that by the time of this point in the show that my outro, at least, would be ready to play at the end of the show. It's not. It's not ready to play. I'm not going to have any intro music. I'm not going to have any outro music. I am played with technical difficulties today. You would think that uh, Bobby Terry from No Religion Was Fired. That's what you would think, because that's the kind of technical difficulties that I'm having today. By the way, if you are listening to this show, and you don't listen, to no religion required, then you need to stop listening to my show and go listen to No Religion Required. That is an amazing show. And if you want a show with Bobby Terry that is super awesome, then you also need to listen to Hope After Faith with Bobby Terry and Jerry DeWitt. Because those two gentlemen make the most Excellent podcast that they're in. Period. Hands down. They're the best. Close second, Barroom Atheist with uh, Bill and Susie Rock. But uh, number one on my podcast machine is Hope After Faith, uh, to be sure. To be sure. You, that, that's, my, that's my podcast recommendation for the evening is Hope After Faith with Bobby Terry and Jerry DeWitt. Those two guys are just simply amazing. When you start looking for atheist podcasts, you may find yourself deluded with a lot
angry people, you know. And there are a lot of good reasons why atheists are angry. There are a lot of really good reasons why atheists are angry. Sometimes it's just refreshing, I think, to find somebody with a positive point of view that are going, a couple of guys, a couple of guys, who are going to say things that are inspiring. Oh, oh, what a wonderful breath of fresh air. And that is the kind of thing that you will find in the Hope After Faith podcast. It is, that is the reason why it is number one on my podcast for machine over there. It, it doesn't matter. Okay, so I don't know if you can tell this or not, but I'm about 10 minutes shy of my 30 minutes here. I've done run out of crap today. It happens. I talk fast. This is the way I talk all the time, by the way. You can ask my wife. She likes to tell me to shut up. And matter of fact, that's why I started the Atheist Roundtable podcast, is because she was like, look, you've got to talk to somebody else. You talk my damn ear off. Jesus. Watch it. Go somewhere else. That's why I am in the closet. Right? Well, I'm in the closet. The podcast. And I promise that I'm going to do my best to come back Sunday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, where we can do this live thing on Facebook, and I can try to do the live thing on Blog Talk Radio, hopefully with some doggone intro and outro music. Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. (laughs) Buddy, buddy, I guess I got to tell you that like... The Bible, if you want me to be concerned about heaven and hell, you are going to have to first convince me that heaven and hell are things. And they're, they're, I see no reason to think that heaven and hell are things any more than I should think that the Bible is a thing, any more than I think that a God is a real thing. All of these things have no discernible... We look into the world of the Bible look into the world of theology, we immediately see a world that is drawn in the cartoon-like way of an imaginary cartoon. You know, that, that's really what we think. That's what we atheists see, right? It's not a flesh-and-blood documentary that we're looking at. It's this two-dimensional cartoon that we see with those solid border lines and badly colored in pictures of characters. That's what we see when we look at these characters. And, and I mean the characters of God, and I mean the character of Jesus, and I mean the character of Satan. All of these characters are just in the realm of literature. In the realm of literature, they are poorly fleshed out characters. They're cartoon-like, two-dimensional characters. And, and, and that's one of the reasons why, as, a, as an atheist reading the Bible, uh, we put it down pretty quickly, because it, it, we can find so much better examples of good ancient literature, right? There's lots of ancient literature, and a lot of it's really good, but the, the Bible just is not... Anyway, uh, I gotta turn I gotta turn you off so I can get back to the video. I can't. And oh, yeah, 